Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. So as that song started, Alex, this morning, as you started playing that song, I I just uh, smiled real big because this last week I was on a road trip similar to um, our theme, kind of, with uh, Route 66. But on my road trip, I had four teenagers and a wife, wife beside me and four teenagers behind me, and I wanted to do everything that I possibly could to like just tune them out as I'm driving. And so one of the things that I did on the way back um, from the trip, and I don't know why I didn't think of it sooner, was I went by Walmart, picked up some uh, wireless earphones, and I played sermons and music. Okay, there's good things and bad things. One, you get to hear good preaching. That's awesome. Two, there's bad because you have the music in your ear and you start singing it and nobody else in the vehicle is singing. And you realize that quickly and you hush. And that is one of my favorite songs. And so as that song was playing Friday, as I'm driving, I'm trying to sing. And I'm like, oh, they're about to just let me have it because I know I'm off key. But this morning there were a hundred of you behind me and I could sing loud. Thank you for that. That one was free. Let's uh, do an introduction for our series uh, this morning. Today is, I believe, I believe today is the penultimate sermon in the series, meaning this, that is the next to last sermon in our Route 66 series. And this morning, as you turn to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 down through verse 18. I want you to think about a few things. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 down through verse 17. You know, our road system today, our road system today, uh, some would say that it's just kind of uniform. Meaning this, you get on the interstate and you come up to an exit, you see the same signs that you will see 20 miles from now at the next exit. The same restaurants, the same uh, gas stations, you will see the exact same thing on the sign over and over and over and over again. And it might lull you or it might lull me to sleep. But there are some roads that you and I travel that aren't so sterile. There are some roads, ones that I took this past week, that the kids are like, when are we ever going to get on an interstate? And I was like, I hope that we quickly get on an interstate. That take you and me through some areas of town. That take you and me through some areas of our states that you and I don't like to think about. They take us past some corners. Some streets do. They take us past some corners. They take us around some people. Some situations that we don't like 
to travel down. You and I, as we travel these roads, we see the underbelly, so to speak, of culture. We smell the factories. We feel the bumps of wear and tear of life. On these roads, there is life. There's real life. When you get around these roads, when you go down these roads, we see it. So this morning, I want us to, uh, to look at a couple of items about life from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. The first is this, life is war. So before we read Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 or 10 through 18, I need you to understand that life is war. The life of a believer in Jesus is living in the midst of a war. A war between self and a savior, a war between sin and sanctification, a war between the guilty and glory. Life for us today, each and every day, is lived on a battlefield. And not only that, I need you to be thinking about that not only life is a war and you and I are on the battlefield, but I need you to be thinking about this as well. You and I are often lulled to sleep in the culture that we live in. We're lulled to sleep by the responsibilities that we have on us at a job. We're lulled to sleep by family. We're lulled to sleep by entertainment. Inundated with so much junk that we don't see what's actually going on. But every single day. You and I are positioned on a battlefield. You and I are positioned. And we are called to fight in a war that rages on. I want us to travel down Route 66 today, but not seeing the sights that we might have seen and said, man, that is a glorious picture of life. Whether it's a Grand Canyon or a beach or a mountain. I I want you to see something today that is just as real. Something that you and I need to be engaged in this morning. So read with me Ephesians chapter 6 starting in verse 10. I'll read down through verse 18. And it states this. Finally, This is Paul's last kind of paragraph as he's closing out this letter. He has written to them about some huge doctrine. He's written to them about some great application. And now he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Verse 13, 
Therefore, because of that, because of what we are warring against, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer, with all supplication. Heavenly Father, I ask that as we go about these moments today, Father, that You, God, you would pause us. You would stop us. God, you would open our eyes. Allow us to see if we are being lulled to sleep. God, you would allow us to see not just the the sterile aspects of an exit on an interstate, but Father, as we travel the the bumpy back roads. God, You would allow us to see life and how we are to be engaged in it with those around us. Father, for the men and the women in this room, those of us who are Yours, we have bowed the knee, Father. We have accepted You as our Savior and as our Lord. Father, this morning, would you clearly remind me, remind us that we are in a battle. And there is an enemy. God, you have things for us to be about and things for us, orders for us to do. God, speak this morning. For we need to hear You. And Your Word is life. We ask it in Your Son's name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me begin with the first point being this. That scenery on the road is not always appealing. That's the first point this morning. Scenery on the road is not always appealing. Even in everyday life, um, you and I travel on roads and you and I see people, we see houses, um, we turn around corners and situations that are not nice. And those things that are not nice can be everything from overgrown yards, run-down buildings, Rundown blocks, store closings, business parks emptied, bordered up to individuals that have hit rock bottom. And for some of us, when we see those things, we, we just try to hurry through that block. 
We, we just try to get around that corner and get back to the, the place that I call home or suburbia. But living in nice suburbia, when you and I travel around these corners, when you and I see, when we stop for just a moment to see life in broken, torn spots, what do you do? What do we do? Well, for us to understand this, and we see this scenery that's on the road, it's not always appealing. You and I need to understand who's on the road with us. So first, we see that there is an adversary. There is an evil one. His name is Satan. His name is the devil. He is not a mythical character that is red with a pitchfork. He is real. And his beginning started in heaven. His beginning started as a created being of God who saw God and said, I want to be just like you. And in the book of Isaiah, we are seen, we are shown the account when that was voiced. When that was voiced out of Lucifer's mouth, we see what took place. God threw him out of heaven and said, that's a great thought, but that's not going to happen in my lifetime. You're cast out of heaven. And from that moment, from that moment, the enemy has sought to seek and destroy every living creature that God has created. Especially, those who were created in His image. This enemy, read with me again in verse 11 and verse 12. Verse number 11 states this, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's who we are wrestling against. So as you and I look at this passage and we see that the scenery on the roadside of Route 66, it may not be so appealing to us. And one of the reasons that it is not so appealing is because we have an adversary. There is an enemy in this world, in your world. Your world, there is an enemy. Just to be clear, the enemy is not your ex. Just to be clear, all seriousness, just to be clear, the enemy in your world is not the bully in the fourth grade. The enemy is not the one who, who humiliated you sexually, emotionally, physically. 
The enemy is not your kid, parent. The enemy is not your parent, kid. The enemy is not your boss or political opponent. No, the enemy is Satan. And all of his powers. As I stated, he is real. And you and I see what our culture has done to him, whether they have put him on a logo of a sports team, or they put him on a logo of a food item, or they suit him up in one way or another throughout Hollywood. He is real, and he is active. And as you and I travel down the roads of life, You and I need to understand that. The great reformer Martin Luther penned these words concerning this foe. His power and craft are great. He is armed with cruel hate. And on earth, on earth, he has no equal. That is the one that we are going up against in battle. And as you and I see that and understand that, come to understand that, we see His ways. There in verse number 11, the ESV, as I read it for us twice, says the schemes of the devil. It literally means His methods. The word is methodia, where we get our word method from. His methods, His schemes, His ways... But when we see his schemes, and we see that he has a method to the ways that he goes about tempting, scheming to tear us down, this adversary that you might want to try to minimalize will take back two steps so that He can come at you and He can come at me with full force for three steps in another area. And you will think in that split moment, oh, I've got Him. I've got Him. He's taken care of. He's good. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, He hits you and me with full force. You and I are lulled to sleep by life Lulled to sleep with responsibilities, living for the weekend, kids' activities. And he all the while is working. This foe is alive and real. This adversary is active. This enemy is scheming. This antagonist is destructive. This opponent of yours and mine This opponent of our great God is defeated. And if you and I don't understand that today, that this foe is defeated, you won't have victory in just a moment. You won't have victory in life. In a somewhat recent article I I read, I came across... um, if you were to look at my, my YouTube channel, uh, the channel that comes up 
my page that comes up on YouTube of what I like to watch, what I look at, uh, you'll see a couple of things. Uh, you'll see some fails because I love to laugh at people. Um, but more than that, you will see venomous snakes being handled. I, I don't know why I like to see that. I just want to know that they're there and I'm over here and everything's okay. But I came across an article um, from a paper out in Arizona and it stated this, in a 10-month period, in a 10-month period in this one little small um, hospital in Arizona, 34 people came in with a rattlesnake bite. Okay, 10 months, one small hospital, 34 people came in with a rattlesnake bite. Of the 34 that came in with a rattlesnake bite, seven of them came in with a dead snake biting them. They severed the head. The head of the rattlesnake was off and it bit them. The snake was dead. Yet it still injected in one of their limbs poison. Brian, why do you tell me that? Because the foe that you and I go up against every single day on the battlefield is a defeated foe. At Calvary, He was defeated. Jesus paid the price for you, for me, for sin, and defeated the foe. The enemy is a defeated enemy, yet He still attacks and He can inject poison. Just as a dead rattlesnake's head, if you play with that dead rattlesnake's head, can inject poison. Know these things about your enemy today. Know that you and I find ourselves in the midst of a battle. It is not just that you and I are working from nine to five. It's not just that you and I are working so that in ten months you and I can go to the beach or go to the mountains. Take a vacation. No, you and I are in a battle. And if we understand that we are in a battle, you and I need to understand that we're going to have to go down some roads that aren't very appealing. To fight an enemy. Because there are precious ones in those spots that God loves. Second point this morning, not only do we see that the scenery on Route 66 might not always be appealing. Packing for the trip is essential to victory. Packing for the trip is essential for victory. This past week, last Sunday, I stood up and preached. And after I preached, we got in a vehicle and everybody loaded up and we took out on the road and it wasn't too long that the uh, rain hit us and it just stayed with us. We took it all the way down to South Florida, stayed there for a week and uh, we pushed that rain out into the Gulf of Mexico and um, it was churning, but even though while it was churning, it was still throwing rain back at us in South or Central Florida and we drove home Friday night and Saturday and seems like about four hours into our drive, we picked up rain again. And 
you're welcome. I brought it today. So we went to the, the beach. In a couple of weeks, Nathan and I are going to find ourselves in uh, Montana, hopefully not bear food, on the side of some mountains, um, hiking. It would not be good if I packed bathing suits and flip-flops for hiking in Glacier National Park a couple of weeks from now. It would not be good if I only took sunscreen and not bear spray with me as I hike these trails. Nor would it have been good if I would have, if I would have packed bear spray and hiking boots this past week for the beach. You and I need to pack some things. And if we want victory to be the outcome of our day, of our trip, of our life, then you and I need to make sure that what we're packing for the trip are the right tools. Let me read for us um, verse 12 down through verse 18, and I want you to see some of the items that you and I need to pack. Of what Paul says is in the midst of this battle. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand firm. <clears throat> Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, there's one item that you need to have in your bag. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, a second. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, every situation, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and with all supplication. What are the items that are needed? If you and I are packing for this road trip, if you and I are understanding that we are in the midst of a battle that we need to have ready at all times. A belt of truth. What's he getting at? He's getting at this because <clears throat> as Paul writes this, as Paul writes this, he is chained to a Roman soldier. And as he is chained to this soldier and he's pinning this out or he's saying this as they're writing it down, he's looking at what puts, keeps this Roman soldier together. And it is that central belt that goes around his waist and his tight. It has got his whole uniform connected and ready for battle. He's not double-minded. That soldier is not. He doesn't have flip-flops and hiking boots on. No, he is ready for battle. And there is an integrity about him because of this central aspect of his dress and of his 
attire. The belt of truth. Integrity. One single-minded focus. But not only that, we see that he's connected to that belt of truth is a breastplate of righteousness, purity. Does it mean that there is no sin in his life? No. Is there no sin in your life? No. But when you and I sin, whether it's we yell at some kids that we don't need to yell at, fume at a boss for what he or she has stated or what he or she wants from us, a spouse, we entertain things that we need not be about. When those things are brought to our attention by God's Spirit, we repent. The breastplate of righteousness. The helmet of salvation. It's our mind and the faculties. Therefore, there in our gray matter, it is our sanity as Paul would write in The second chapter of Philippians, it is that we are to have the mind of Christ. The shield of faith, certainty in the midst of a battle to withstand all those flaming darts or arrows of the evil one. The shoes of the gospel of peace. Somewhere back when I was a kid, there was a a movement in the late 70s and and 80s that just kind of, kind of singled down. I don't want to say dumbed down, but that's probably the word that's needed. Kind of dumbed down the gospel. The ABCs of the gospel. A, admit. B, believe. C, confess. And that's the gospel. There's so much more to the Gospel. The Gospel is what gives you peace. And some of us in the room, some of us don't have peace at all. We don't have peace because we don't understand. We don't know. We haven't accepted the Gospel. The Gospel is peace. It brings tranquility in the midst of chaos. This Word. The Gospel. This word is the sword of the Spirit. I love how the author of Hebrews states about this word from Genesis to Revelation, the sword of the Spirit, how it cuts. It does not cut to hurt you. It cuts to take all the junk, the dirt, the filth out. Some of you are scared of this word, the sword of the Spirit, because you think it's going to hurt. He is there cutting out things that are hurting you. A Father who loves. A Father who has the very best. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the shoes of the Gospel, the sword of the Spirit. And then He says this to those in Ephesus. Praying at all times. Praying in the Spirit with all prayer and with all supplication. If those items are placed in your bag, in your suitcase for life, 
Whether it's the belt of truth all the way down through the sword of the Spirit, prayer is this, it is breath, it is life. And there is no way for you to make it today without it. There's no way for you to make it this week without it. There's no way for you to make it Monday before lunch without it. And it's not, Lord, please bless my day. Amen. Talk to you tonight. It's a conversation and a dialogue back and forth with you and your Creator. It's you listening to Him as much, if not more, than you speaking to Him about your wants. Because He's the general. And He wants you at a certain place for a certain maneuver at a certain time. And you and I miss that every single day. Because you think your greatest person that's speaking into you, sir or ma'am, is your boss. You think the greatest thing that you have to do today is responsibility number one, two, three, and four on your checklist. And you have missed the whole battlefield. And the whole blessing. You and I are journeying on Route 66. You and I love to see the sights like the Grand Canyon, the mountains, the beaches. But God has some scenes for you and He has some scenes for me. He has some scenes for us, River Bend, in the coming days and weeks. It may not be on the first glance appealing. But He wants us in the battle there. So prepare. Pack. Know that there's an adversary and understand some of his schemes and his ways and get ready for the fight. But also get ready for the blessings that come. Heavenly Father, thank You for today. God, thank You for for a passage of Scripture that God challenges us. Lord, we we get beaten down by the things of life. Some of the things that we let in, we get beaten down. Some of the things that just called life come at us and we get beaten down. Lord, thank You for moments and days and periods that we can rest up. And God, personally and and family-wise, there are those of us in the room that are in those moments. Thank You for those God, may we recognize that and may we get that rest. But Lord, I also know that I'm speaking to a number of individuals and a number of families in the room right now that this is not a season like that. This is a battle. God, may they see Your plan, the next step. And even in the midst of this battle, might they run and grab those items the whole armor might we clothe ourselves with you because the enemy is real River Bend as we come to a time of
invitation, a time of response. Maybe the response needs to be exactly where you are at this moment and you need to cry out to Him, Lord, let me see in the midst of this peace. Let me see where You want me. Father, in the midst of this chaos, I just give up, Lord. I I give myself to You. And that's Your response. And that's great. But for some in the room, you don't know Him. And He is gently calling you home. He's gently calling you back to Himself. He's calling you for a first time to Him. If you don't know Him this morning, and that's exactly what He is doing, don't wait. Come talk with me. Let me introduce Him to you. See me afterwards. Let me introduce Him to you. Don't leave without responding. So whether you stay seated or you stand and join us as we sing, respond back to Him, for He is worthy. You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live simple.